You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we're going to hear a message from our special guest, Evangelist James Wright. Lord, good to see everybody this morning. It's good to have Pastor James Wright and uh, his wife Linda with us this morning. I was sitting there thinking just a minute ago, over a quarter of a century ago, uh, I met this young man and uh, I can remember pulling into their campus and I thought, wow. And I walked inside, you know, and it was just amazing and he didn't know me and I didn't know him and I left her that day thinking, it'd be great to be able to preach here sometime. And I've never asked and invited myself, didn't have to. The Holy Spirit worked and moved and uh, it's been an honor and a privilege. Uh, to, to He's been a mentor. He's given me advice. He's been here many times, but we've grown. We've got a lot of new faces. Would you put your hands together and make welcome my dear friend and pastor, uh, James Wright. These steps are getting longer and longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Praise God. I told Pastor Robert, these steps are getting higher and higher. <laughs> Help me, somebody. I love old people. I, just, I tell you, I love old people. I am one. <laughs> Praise God. It's a joy to be with you. Thank you, Pastor Robert, for having us. We had a wonderful treat when we entered into the motel yesterday. We had a, a little bag of goodies, and we also got to have dinner with Leanne and Robert. This is my lovely wife, Linda. Please stand, honey, and wave at everybody. She. It's a joy to be with you. How many of you have never heard me preach before? Oh, God, have mercy on you. <laughs> if you have a Bible, let's look at, at Hebrews the 11th chapter, verse number six, going to preach on the man who refused to give up. We're full-time evangelists now. We're traveling all around, and uh, we enjoy it, being in different churches. I preached in one church. It was probably about uh, 1,200 there. And the very next week, I preached in a church where there were 16 people there. And I preached as hard to the 16 as I did to the 1,200. If you're faithful to one, can you hear me? If you're faithful to one, that's the key. Hebrews 11, chapter, verse number six. Look at what it says. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can't please him any other way. You can't bribe him. You can't do enough good works. It's all by faith. Walk by faith, we live by faith. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must, number one, believe that he is. My God's not in the past. My God's not in the future. My God is right now. I said, I have a right now God. Thank you, Jesus. Look what else it says. And that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Pastoring for over 50 years, I, 
I, I was amazed how many people God would do something for and then they'd quit. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Pray for me. I don't like quitters. <laughs> Give up. Throw in the towel. If you have a Bible, turn over to Mark, the 10th chapter. We're going to look at this man who refused to give up. What a man. Verse number 46 of Mark, the 10th chapter. And now it came, now they, Jesus and his entourage, and they came to Jericho, beautiful city. I've been there a few times. As he went out, now, now, I don't know about you, but it looks to me that he came into the city of Jericho, and it looks like instantly he was going out. But I believe that by the time he came in one gate and went out the other gate, something happened. Can I get a witness from anybody? I take Anytime Jesus shows up, can't nothing stay the same. Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and I believe he's picked up a great multitude, tens of thousands of people now, and blind Bartimaeus, look at him, disabled, living in a world of darkness, defined by his disability. What do you mean, Brother Wright? They didn't call him Bartimaeus. They called him blind Bartimaeus. Isn't it amazing that people begin to attach labels to us, defining who we are? I'm thankful that my God, Jesus the Christ, he never labels me by my problem. He always labels me by my potential. Talk to me, somebody. Blind Bartimaeus, destitute, blind, poor, and begging alongside of the road. I don't know about you, but down in Huntington, West Virginia, where we live now, it seems like there's beggars on every street. And, and I know, I, I know that when you see one, you say, well, they're just a drunk. They're just an alcoholic, you know. They're, they're not really, they're just, they ought to get a job. Well, some of them should. But some of them are real. Blind, poor, and begging. Look at him. He's the son of Timaeus. He sat by the roadside begging, verse 47. And when he heard, faith does not come by me pouring oil on your head. Faith does not come by you falling on the carpet. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word. It's amazing how we get so distracted. Now, I know some of you are looking at your cell phones, and, and I'm believing that you're looking at a scripture. But I, I know better than that. If you would, just check all those that are looking at their cell phone. And if they're not, if they're checking their Facebook, uh, stand up and point at them. Come on, somebody. Hey, I may be old, but I'm not dumb. 
faith comes by hearing. And it seems like when we're in God's church and the words being preached, it's amazing how we don't listen. One person moving toward the bathrooms, a hundred people watch them go out. That's the craziest thing in the world. Stay focused. Stay focused. And when he heard, I wonder what he heard. Maybe he heard about Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law in Mark, the second chapter or first chapter. Maybe he heard about a paralyzed man healed in Mark, the second chapter. Or maybe he heard about a woman who was healed with an issue of blood in Mark, the fifth chapter. Or maybe he heard about a deaf mute being healed in Mark, the seventh chapter. Or maybe he heard about the blind man who was healed in Bethesda, you know, and I know that the fame of Christ was spreading like wildfire and the Lord Jesus is on his way to the cross. 10 days from this scripture, he's on a cross. The Bible tells me that Jesus has set his face like a flint to go to Jerusalem. He's not going to let any devil or any demon stop him. He's on assignment. I say, thank God he's on assignment. Thank God his assignment saved my soul. You've got to get hold of the fact that Christ is marching toward the cross. And he has to pass through Jericho. And now the journey of 15 miles is all uphill. When God gives you an assignment, many times it's all uphill. And this entourage is passing through. Jesus is the grand marshal of the parade. And there's a poor blind beggar sitting alongside the road. And he hears that it's Jesus. Look what he does. Verse 47. So when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out. Do you see it? He began to cry out. (laughs) Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. When it says he began, it's a persistent cry. The word there means he continued to cry out. It's, it's one thing for someone in church, you know, just to say, Jesus, but, but for them to keep saying Jesus and keep saying Jesus and keep saying, someone's going to get irritated. I was in church Wednesday night when a lady who'd been delivered from all kinds of things was sitting on the second row and they were singing about Jesus and she jumped to her feet and she began, oh, she began to shout and scream and shout and scream and shout and scream. She didn't stop. She kept shouting and screaming and shouting and screaming. And and I know somebody in the crowd was saying, man, I wish he'd shut up. So he began to cry out. His cry was not only persistent, but it was passionate. The word cry out there means shout. He was shouting, Jesus, son of David. Look at personal cry. Have mercy on me. Jesus, 
son of David. Now, to some of you, that didn't mean much when he said son of David, but he was recognizing Jesus as the Messiah. He was recognizing Jesus as the anointed one. Do you know that he's the only one, a blind man, he's the only one in the gospel of Mark that recognized that Jesus was the Messiah. Isn't it amazing? He's blind, but he's the only one in the whole gospel of Mark who recognized who Jesus was. So he kept crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I often wonder, why didn't he just, Jesus just stop? He didn't. You got to remember, he's focused. He's on an assignment. He's heading toward Calvary. And he's not going to let anything distract him. The blind man keeps shouting out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And here comes a committee. They're self-appointed and they're self-anointed. The master didn't send them. I call them the quieting down committee. You can always spot them in about any church. They, they, they're, they're like this during praise and worship. I remember when I was in Bible college and I preached my first sermon to the whole chapel. And, and I remember somebody came to me afterwards and says, now, when you get old, you'll settle down. Thank God I must not be old because I'm not settled down yet. Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. Satan hates the name of Jesus. I read this. This is amazing to me. A military chaplain in our military, he was banned from using the name of Jesus as he taught the chaplain's training class in America. Pastor Brayton from Berea Baptist Church in North Carolina was asked to be the chaplain, the honorary chaplain for the House of Representatives in North Carolina. For a whole week, he was scheduled to preach to open up their sessions. His invitation was rescinded because this Baptist preacher refused to omit the name of Jesus when he prayed his prayer. Did you hear me? He said, I'll not pray without using the name of Jesus. You put a Muslim in there, he's going to talk about Muhammad. We recently were at a gathering of different people. And 
one of the ladies in the group said, Pastor Wright, would you pray over the food? Well, I, I thought that was wonderful. And then she said, don't use the name of Jesus in your prayer because it might offend somebody. <laughs> she didn't know who she was talking to. You're one foolish person if you think that I'm going to pray a prayer without using the name of Jesus. Because I believe if you're a Christian, your prayer's not going to get through to the Father unless you use the name of Jesus. Can I get a witness in the house? Can you hear me in the back? I didn't do it out of rebellion. I did it because I love my Savior. And when I'm talking to the Father, I'm going to talk to him in the name of Jesus. Someone shout amen. amen. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon his name while he's near. And I'm here to declare to you that he's in this house. He's in this house. How do you know, Brother Wright? I brought him with me. And if you're a child of God, you brought him with you also. Bartimaeus had bad eyes, but he didn't spend his time talking about what he didn't have. He had good lungs. So he used what he had instead of talking about what he didn't have. It's amazing how many people will spend their time talking about what they don't have instead of rejoicing about what they do have and use what you've got. Someone say amen. He was a desperate man who was not afraid to show his desperation. And the fault-finding committee in verse 48 comes up to him Many rebuked him and told him to shut up. Now, if you have a King James Bible, it says many charged him. <laughs> that sounds sweet, doesn't it? Well, they didn't charge him. They rebuked him and told him to shut up. Now, I wonder if you'd go back to church as you were praising the Lord and, and talking about Jesus and someone would come up, maybe a group of them would come up and say, uh, we want you to shut up. You're disturbing the service. Uh, Pastor Robert, he can't focus if you keep hollering out Jesus. So you shut up. Don't you look at me like that. You shut up. It's no wonder I've been attacked in the pulpit three different times. <laughs> It's the truth. And I'm one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet. Do we have security in the house? After being attacked three times in the pulpit, I was preaching one, one Sunday night, and we, we baptized the third Sunday of every month for 13 years. We never failed to have a baptismal service. 
And that's, that service we baptized at the beginning. And I was up preaching, and the baptistry was up, uh, the, the risers would go up into the baptistry. And all of a sudden, a young man jumps up in the back and starts running like a wild man down the pews. Did I tell you I've been tacked three times in the pulpit? Well, I began to sashay over this way because I'm hoping and praying he's going to hit the altar and get saved. Well, he didn't hit the altar. He runs right up on the platform. And I'm wondering, security, where are you? He didn't stop. He ran right up the risers and jumped into the baptistry and baptized himself. <laughs> Only at Maranatha. <laughs> and someone after me, they were real concerned. And they said, Brother Wright, who baptized him? I said, the Father did, and the Son did, and the Holy Ghost did. Can I ask a question? Do some of you ever smile? I'm just, I'm just checking. They wanted him silenced. They demanded for him to shut up. If the devil can shut us up, he will shut us down. And there are tons of churches in America that have been shut down. 4,500 churches close up in America every year. Mainline denominations are losing hundreds of thousands of members each year. You go into some churches and it's like going into a funeral service. The organs play. I was in one church service, and this is the truth. A lady got up and went across the front of the sanctuary, and this is what she did. I'm thinking, are we afraid to wake God up? Don't let the devil shut you up for this is no time for the saints of God to be quiet let the redeemed I said let the redeemed of the Lord say so hey! help yourself help yourself help yourself We need to say so here, and we need to say so out there. We need to say so at the, at the polls, too. If all the people that call themselves Christians in America would have went to the polls, we'd have a different situation going on in this country. This man was relentless. He was determined. He wasn't going to give up. He wasn't going to back up. And he wasn't going to shut up. Boy, I hope and pray that that's the way you are. 
You're not going to give up. You're not going to back up. And you're not going to shut up. We have brothers and sisters right now that are in prisons in this world. And all that they're demanded of is denounce Jesus and accept Muhammad. And they won't do it because they're determined not to give up, not to back up, and not to shut up. Get ready, church. It could be coming our way. He would not be silenced. He would not be denied. He refused to be quiet. Why? His soul, not his eyes. His soul had gotten a glimpse of Jesus. And he was dumb to discouragement. You, you can't discourage him. He was not going to have a pity party. He's told to shut up. Can't you see him? Charlie, aren't aren't you going to come back to church? No. no. (laughs) What's wrong? (laughs) Someone Someone told me to shut up. Have you ever been to a pity party? Pity parties are something. One one person turns to another person and they tell them all their problems, you know. And 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 maybe a tear comes down their eyes and tell them. And the other person says, and you think you have trouble? Let me tell you mm, what I'm going through. And then this one tries to top that. Well, I haven't told you the worst things that I'm going through. And back and forth, a pity party. As I glance out over the crowd, there probably may be perhaps some people, if you talk to them one-on-one, would want you to have a pity party with them. This man has a reason, but he's not going to have a pity party. Look what he did. Verse 48, he, (laughs) he turned up the volume. He cried out all the more. He got louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he kept it up. And all of a sudden, verse 49, Jesus stood still. Do you believe that Jesus is God? Anybody believe that Jesus is God? I do. And guess what? This blind, poor beggar stopped Deity. Did you hear me? He stopped God in his tracks. Well, I wonder why didn't Jesus stop back there when he heard, surely he heard him shouting out. But he didn't. He kept going. He kept going. Why did Jesus stop? My personal opinion is that Jesus stopped by the cry of a desperate man who refused to give up. Delay is not denial. 
And, and I, I know that many of you are like me. You don't like to wait. We want it right now. And we pray and it seems like we don't get it right now. We have to wait. And whew, waiting is a tough time. But guess what? Delay is not denial. And don't throw in the towel when you don't get it right now. Bartimaeus didn't. He kept it up. He refused to give up. Maybe there's somebody here today that, that you've been praying, you're in a desperate situation, and, and you just feel like throwing up your hands and giving up. Don't do that. This, this man of all the people stopped Jesus in his tracks. Verse 49, one of my favorite verses. A new committee shows up. And this new committee had been commissioned by Jesus. And when they got to Bartimaeus, this is the message from the master. Cheer up. Would you, would you smile as big as you can and just look at the person beside you? Come on, just give them your biggest grin. If you, if you have false teeth, just pull your false teeth out and, and maybe you... I was preaching one Sunday morning, giving it all I had, and, and Brother O'Neill was sitting over to, to the right, and, and, and I was preaching, and I think I must have said something funny, because as I'm preaching, Brother O'Neill begins to laugh, and his false teeth shot straight out, and he grabbed them midair and shoved them back in. Now, you try to preach when you see something like that. I know some of you are going through some tough times and, and maybe you're sad, but the message cheer up. Then he said, get to your feet. He is calling you. Wow. Somebody today, if your soul would be attentive. The master's calling you. Cheer up. Get to your feet. He's calling you. Verse 50. Look at the Bartimaeus' response. First thing he did was cast off his garment. Doesn't mean hardly anything to a lot of people. But the garment defined who he was and what he did. What do you mean, Brother Wright? The Roman government would not let just anybody beg. They investigated and always determined whether you were really disabled and you were able to beg. And once, once they checked you out and found out that you were disabled, they gave you a special garment or robe that you wore and everyone knew that you are an official beggar approved by the Roman government. And the first thing this blind man did, is anybody here? The first thing he did was cast off that beggar's garment because, and he's still blind, but he didn't believe he was going to use it anymore. Isn't that awesome? What kind of crazy faith is that? 
thrown away. What determined what he did and who he was, a beggar and blind, and he just cast it away. Now he, look at, he jumps to his feet. Some of us will jump a little slower than others, but he jumped to his feet. Watch this. And he came to Jesus. He's blind. How how did he come to Jesus? Same way I got there. He came by faith. Still blind, can't see. But by faith, it seems like blind, the blind have an ability to, to hear, sensitive to hear, many of them. And the message from that committee was, cheer up, get to your feet, he's calling you. So, it seems like that Bartimaeus was heading toward the voice of the master. Jesus said in the gospel of John, my sheep hear my voice and follow me. My God can speak to you. We, 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 I'm an evangelist and we get up there saying, sinner, don't you hear God's voice? He's calling you. Heed his voice right now. And, and, and even, it doesn't matter. Normal churches, if, if they're out to see souls saved, they will say that. But isn't it amazing that God can speak to the sinner, but yet once you get saved, if you jump up and say, oh, let me tell you what God told me. They say, oh. Well, my God can speak to me when I was lost, and he can speak to me when I was saved. So he's heading toward the voice. A beggar finally arrives to the presence of the king of kings. Can you imagine? What a paradox. Here's a poor, dirty, filthy beggar in the presence of the king of all kings. I just can't hardly comprehend the, the amazing question that Jesus asked this blind man. Verse 51. Surely Jesus knew that the man was blind. Hello? But yet, look what he asked the blind man. What do you want me to do for you. (laughs) Does that sound like a blank check to you? Do you see? He didn't ask that to anybody else in the Bible. What do you want? Want desire. What do you desire for me to do for you? Well, you, you would think that the Lord didn't have to ask that question, but he won't know what you want. Why have you been hollering my name out? Do you, please don't get mad at me. Do you want a new blind man stick? 
Do you, do you want a, 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 new, a, a new bucket to, to, to accept the gifts that are given to you? Would you like a seeing eye dog? Please don't get mad at me. What, what do you want? It's amazing that Jesus asked us, what do we want? And we beat around the bush. I don't know about you men, but if you're a real man and you go to the mall, you don't go there just to look around. Do you know why you're going? You can park in the 20-minute section. You go in. You bag what you went in for. You pick it up. You drag it to the cash register. You lay it down. Pay for it. Back in your car on your way home. But if mama is going with you, Linda's going like this on the front row. Well, let's move on. Aren't you surprised that these big malls, the first thing when you go in the door is for women. Men are way in the back. And you have to have a map to get to it. Are you just looking? Are you here for something? What do you want me to do for you? If you're bold enough to ask, he's big enough to answer. I want everyone in this house. I want everyone. Open your mouth as wide as you can. Open your mouth. Get it. Come on. Get it wider. Wider. Big mouth people get big miracles. And as I look out over this crowd, I see some big mouth people who are getting ready to have some big miracles. The devil convinces us. There's no use to ask God for that. He's not going to give you that. Devil, get out of my way. I'm going in for it. What do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus, he pinpoints his prayer. He's definite in his request. I prayed for a man at the altar one time. I'll never forget it. I said, why are you here? He said, I want a job. So I prayed, prayed for him to get a job. Two or three weeks later, I see him. I say, have you got a job yet? He said, well, I've had five offers, but they weren't paid enough. You didn't say anything about how much you wanted. You just said, I need a job, and that's what we prayed for. If you wanted the amount of money, then pinpoint your prayer. Verse 51, he said, Master, Rabboni, great one. I want, it says in King James, receive, but the actual Greek word is recover. I want to recover my sight. That means he could see before and he's lost his sight. And he's saying, I want to see again. Bartimaeus is the last miracle recorded in Mark's gospel. He's the only one 
in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Bartimaeus is the only one that received a miracle whose name is given in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I want to recover my sight. I want back what the devil stole. Now, you're not going to ask Jesus for anything if you don't think he has the resources to provide what you're asking for. Because if he doesn't have the resources, if he can't do it, there's no use to ask him for it. Someone say amen. Amen. Are you with me? I've used this before. Brother, come here a minute. Do you have a wallet? (laughs) What you want with that? I need need a thousand dollars. How much you got? Not that much. How much you got? Oh, I got a little bit. Well, count it. I don't need to count it for you. I know you don't want her to know, but count it. (laughs) That's exactly right. I I know you don't want it. (laughs) I ain't counting. Give it to me. I won't won't tell anybody. I'm an evangelist. And it's amazing. Whoa. 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 He's just shy of $1,000. There's no use to me to ask that brother for a thousand if he doesn't have the resources to supply it. And you've got to believe that Jesus has the ability and the resources to heal blindness. There's an Assembly of God pastor in Charleston, West Virginia. I know him personally. He was blind for 14 to 16 years. He preached, he pastored, he preached from a Braille Bible. And about, stirs me, about two years ago, Jesus healed him of his blindness. Come on, somebody shout in the house. So if you believe the Lord can't do it, you're wrong. The Lord can do it. I want to recover my sight. Verse 52, I'm hurrying. Liar, liar, pants on fire. (laughs) He tells the blind man, he he doesn't lay hands on him. He doesn't anoint him with oil. He doesn't pray over him. He makes a divine declaration. I challenge you to go in God's word, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see how many times Jesus didn't pray for people. He didn't touch them. How many times he just made a declaration. Go your way, your faith. The reason you wouldn't give up and you kept crying out. Go your way, your faith has made you well. The word well in the Greek means healed, saved, made whole. And immediately he could see. And, and he probably he probably said, and went his way. 
If you were blind <laughs> and Jesus touched you and all of a sudden, immediately, you could see. that make a Presbyterian speak in tongues. I'm here to tell you. This man, this man's going, he, he's, he's shouting. He's, he, he doesn't record it, but you know he's shouting. You know he's saying, thank you, Jesus. Immediately he could see. Verse 52. He doesn't go back home. He doesn't go out and play a round of golf. His life is changed forever. The course of his life is changed forever. It says, as he followed Jesus on the road. That means he went to Jerusalem with him. The day of miracles is not over. Thank God you have a pastor who believes that God still does miracles. We used to have people come to the altar and, and, and I didn't recognize them and and I, I would, I would, because you know we had two thousand people. And I'd say, "Do you attend here?" Say, "Oh no, we go." I said, "And you're here for prayer?" Yes. I said, "Why don't you have prayer where you go to church?" Well, they don't believe in miracles. So you're coming here because the church you go to and give your money to. Doesn't believe in miracles. Hmm. Listen to me. Somewhere between your birth and your death, you're going to need a miracle. Can you hear me in the back? Somewhere between your birth and your death, you're going to need a miracle. And I'm here to tell you that my Jesus is just the same today as he was yesterday. No matter, no matter your situation, my Jesus has the solution. Hold on. Keep believing. Because Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. When you pray, be persistent. Don't quit. When you pray, be patient. Delays, not denial. When you pray, be positive. Don't doubt. Ask in faith. When you pray, be precise. Yes. Pinpoint your prayer. And when you pray, be passionate. Stay excited. Stay focused. This is what I believe. I believe something good's about to happen. This is what I believe. Something miraculous is about to be manifested. This is what I believe. 
something supernatural is about to show up. Stand to your feet. Bow your heads for prayer if you would. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Is there anyone in this house Please hold steady. Don't disturb anybody. Stay where you are. Anybody in this house would raise your hand and say, Pastor Wright, pray for me. I'm lost. I'm undone. Anybody in the house, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to pray for you. Anybody at all? Amen. I see that hand. Anybody else? Father, we pray that you would draw and call. I pray for that precious one that raised their hand. Lord, all they've got to do is ask you to forgive them and cleanse them from all of their sins. Your blood still avails. Father, I pray for those who've lost their fire. They've lost the excitement of their experience. I pray, Lord, that they'll come and ask you to refire them, rekindle them. I pray for anyone and everyone that needs a physical miracle to come. I pray for anyone here that needs an emotional miracle. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're going through a difficult time and the devil's battle in your mind. Maybe you're here and you need a financial miracle. I want you to come. Father, during these few moments of invitation, I pray that people will step out. Come now, quickly. We're not going to beg you. We're not going to plead with you. We're going to just ask you to step out now. Do it now. Anyone else, do it now. You can stand, you can kneel, do it now. Come quickly from all over. Come quickly. Would you just play softly? Come quickly. Come quickly. Anyone else? Scoot up as close as you can to the altar to make room for others that are coming. I want Pastor Robert and any of the staff, I want you to come and begin to lay hands on them. Any of the staff, I want you to come and lay hands on these people, precious people. Any of the elders or the deacons, I want you to come and pray for them. Any members of the board, I want you to come and pray for them. Come quickly. Intercessors. Just begin to pray. pray Intercessors. If you've got a friend down here that you love, I want you to come and lay your hands on them. Pray for them. If you're at this altar and you're here to get saved, just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you for the blood that cleanses me from all of my sins. 
And this day, this moment, I accept you as my personal Savior. You're here and you're wanting to be refired. Just cry out and ask the Lord to touch you, move upon you. Fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost. Everyone at the altar, I want you now begin to open your mouth and pray. You don't have to scream. If you want to scream, scream. But I want you to begin to pray out loud. Get your prayer in the, in the atmosphere. Come on. Begin to pray all over. Congregation, stretch your hand toward the altar and begin to pray for people. Open your mouth up. Fill this sanctuary with prayer right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch each one around this altar. Lord, I know you're not going to leave anybody out that has faith. So I'm praying now, oh God, touch each one of them. Touch each one of them. Move upon them, oh God. Meet the need that they're at this altar for. Whether it be physical, spiritual, financial, emotional, whatever their need. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that now, this moment, this second, their need has been supplied by the power and the anointing of Jesus. Open your mouth up and pray. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want everyone in the congregation to lift your hands and begin to praise the Lord. Those around the altar, I want you to open your mouth and praise the Lord out loud. Come on. Come on. Open your mouth up. Open your mouth up. Don't let the devil silence you. Open your mouth up. They told Bartimaeus to shut up. Don't let the devil shut you up. Come on. Open your mouth up. All through the building, begin to praise God. Oh, God dwells in the atmosphere of our praise. Bless you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Glory to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The one who's worthy of all praise. We bless you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, for what you've done around this altar. We give you all the glory. <laughs> You're the only one worthy of it. King of kings. Lord of Lords, blessed be the name of Jesus. The devil's a liar. God's answering your prayer. Hallelujah, sing girl. Oh, praise God. Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout with the voice of triumph. Come on, somebody. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 